Welcome to Jury Duty. I'm your host, Chris Terracone. Season 8 of Jury Duty explores the trial of Alex Murdoch, a member of one of the most powerful families in South Carolina, who is accused of murdering his son Paul and his wife Maggie, with the purpose of covering up a multitude of alleged crimes including fraud and homicide. In our last episode, we continued our review of the questioning of firearms examiner Paul Greer by prosecutor David Fernandez. In this installment, we conclude our look at Fernandez's direct examination of Greer. That's all coming up right after the break. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. It is the afternoon of February 3rd, 2023, day 8 of the trial of Alex Murdoch. As we concluded our last episode, SLED firearms expert Paul Greer testified regarding a number of firearms and cartridge exhibits and offered the jury an explanation of how he processes evidence. As we begin today, Prosecutor David Fernandez asks Mr. Greer the conclusions that he reached based on his observations and analysis of the firearms and ammunition evidence presented to him in this case. Throughout Fernandez's questioning, Mr. Greer periodically refers to an evidence packet containing multiple exhibits. If I could, uh, beginning with your results, if we could begin with your examination of all the shotgun shells, so the actual shells that were retrieved as part of uh, your analysis, beginning with items, sled items 9 and 10, which would be states item 33 and 34. Could you tell me where these items were retrieved? Remind us where these items were retrieved from, first of all. Sled items 9 and 10, that's states exhibit 33 and 34. Item 9 was from marker 9, and item 10 was from marker 10, which is my understanding that it was um, at the, the feed or storage room. And I'm going to put these on the Elmo, but if you would tell us what your analysis of these items would be. Yes, sir. Defense attorney Jim Griffin rises with an objection. Um, Are you by objection to these opinions um, based on the prior rule? Griffin here is renewing his objection that the connection of the evidence in question to the defendant is sufficiently tenuous that probative value of the witness's opinion testimony regarding this evidence should be outweighed by the potential prejudicial impact of that testimony on the jury. Judge Clifton Newman overrules the objection. Please proceed. Yes, sir. When I compared and examined those two shot shells um, with each other, I determined that um, those two shot shells had been fired by the same firearm. And do you know the make and model of make and manufacture of those two weapons, uh, sorry, projectiles or shells? Yes, sir, I do. All right. Um, Slide item, item 9. Yes, sir. Which uh, Item 9 is which item? Um, item 9 is the red and color shot shell, which is State's Exhibit 34. Okay. That was a federal premium double lock buck 3-inch magnum shot shell. And sled item 10 is the black and color shot shell, State's Exhibit 33. 
and that is a fired 12 gauge Winchester dry lot uh, number two shot shell. All right, Mr. Greer, moving on to uh, referencing item 22 collectively. Yes, sir. Prosecutor Fernandez places a small evidence packet in front of Mr. Greer. States Exhibit 399, 22.7 on your report. Yes, sir. This would be States Exhibit 399. Could you tell us what that is? Uh, yes, sir. That was um, the unfired 12-gauge shot shell that was submitted originally with the Item 22 shotgun, which is the camouflage color uh, Benelli shotgun. Could you go ahead and open that uh, package for us, please? Uh, yes, sir. Remind us again where that item was retrieved from. Um, this item was originally submitted with the Item 22 camouflage Benelli shotgun um, that was submitted to uh, the laboratory. Meaning it was actually loaded into the shotgun? Um, when I received it, it was not loaded in the shotgun, um, but this was an unfired shot shell um, as it was submitted. This is the, the shot shell that I test fired in that shotgun. Tell us what the make and manufacturer of this item is. Uh, yes, sir. Um, this is also a 12-gauge federal shot shell, and on the um, the shot shell itself, it also says federal premium double-off buck 3-inch magnum. I direct your attention back to state's item 34. Are those two items consistent with each other? Yes, sir. Um, it does appear that they are consistent um, in construction and um, their head stamp information. If you would, since uh, let's work through the number of firearms that were identified by you. Did you have an opportunity to uh, test those firearms with the projectiles retrieved? Uh, yes, sir, I did. What were your results for item 30, the Mossberg pump-action shotgun? In regards to uh, the two shot shells? Correct. My results after examining that, it was determined that the item 30 shotgun um, did not fire the items 9 and 10 shot shells. And could you move on to item, uh, your item 31 states item, one moment, I'm sorry, and the item you just referenced was states item 89, the Mossberg shotgun. States item, States Exhibit 90, sled item 31. Please tell us about that item. Yes, sir. Based on my examination, um, it was I was able to determine that item 31 did not fire items 9 and 10. All right. Concerning States Exhibit 91, your uh, sled item 32, that would be a Benelli Super Black Eagle 2, black in color. Could you tell us your results of that? Yes, sir. Uh, based on my examination, it was determined that item 32 did not fire items 9 and 10. Item 32 uh, was, however, recovered with a, a number of rounds in it. Is that correct? Uh, yes, sir. That is correct. And what were those rounds? Item 32, uh, the Benelli model Super Black Eagle 2 shotgun, um, was submitted with two unfired um, 12 gauge shot shells, Federal and Winchester. All right. Did you have an opportunity to compare the shot shells with item 22? The camouflage color Benelli Super Black Eagle 3? Yes, sir, I did. All right. If you would, please uh, tell us your findings concerning item 22. Sure. When I compared sled items 9 and 10 with those test shot shells that I fired through the item 22 camouflage shotgun, the results of those comparisons were inconclusive. I was unable to determine whether or not items 9 and 10 were fired by item 22 or if they had been fired by another firearm with similar characteristics. And were you able to eliminate item... 33 from this this round of testing concerning the shotgun shells. That's correct. The shotgun shells were not fired by the item 33 rifle. Did you conduct the additional testing of 300 blackout rounds? Yes, sir, I did. And of the cases of the ammunition, both fired, expense, so shell casings or unfired ammunition, were the ones we examined today that were retrieved from the scene? What what make and manufacturer were they? The cartridge cases were head stamped with the SMB um, logo and 300 blackout caliber. Did you have an opportunity to test fire 
and examine sled item 33 states item states exhibit 88 the PS uh, the uh, Thringer blackout rifle black in color yes sir I did all right could you please tell us your results from that examination for that weapon um, in regards to test firing the weapon correct yes sir um, when I examined item 33 um, I test fired it using the item 34 magazine that was the magazine that was packaged alongside the rifle um, during that test firing the first available cartridge in the magazine as I inserted the magazine into the firearm it was fed and chambered into the rifle um, correctly and as I expected um, the cartridge was successfully test fired and then it extracted and ejected from the rifle again as I expected it to however as the firearm cycled uh, meaning when that bolt was coming back forward to load the next available cartridge in the magazine um, it failed to feed that cartridge into the chamber and I had to manually cycle it to to load the next cartridge into the chamber um, that issue did not prevent me from test firing uh, the firearm and no further analysis uh, to determine that cause was uh, conducted referencing your results uh, slide item 128 in your exam were you able to identify any cartridge casings that would have been fired by item 33 rifle your item 33 states exhibit 90 um, states exhibit uh, 88 uh, yes sir I was and just to be clear we're talking about this Ranger blackout rifle is that correct and we're talking about your item 33 prosecutor Fernandez retrieves the black armalite model rifle from an evidence box and holds it up for mr. Greer yes sir that is uh, sled item 33 that I examined and test fired their item numbers as well uh, yes sir um, so I compared all the 300 blackout um, cartridges that I received and based on my examinations and comparisons I was able to determine that a sled item 38 109 110 121 126 and 127 were fired by the item 33 rifle and those would be various items that were recovered that we've been through and identified in the state's exhibits is that correct Yes, sir, that's correct. So some of them, you, you would say, were fired by item 33. That is correct. I know you mentioned before with item states exhibit um, 88, I know you'd mentioned before that it wasn't working properly. Does that inhibit your ability to test it in any way? Uh, no, sir, I was able to test fire that firearm and uh, recover those test specimens that I needed in order to make those comparisons. Do malfunctions occur in firearms from time to time? Uh, yes, sir, they can occur. But nevertheless, you were able to uh, simulate the fire you were able to fire the weapon eventually yes sir I was able to to test fire the weapon and recover those uh, test specimens that I did 
Fernandez next moves on to a series of spent shell casings which Paul Greer was unable to link to the defendant's 300 blackout rifle. Alright, I'm going to reference sled items 2 through 7, 35 through 37, 39, 108, 111 through 120. Do you understand what, which items I'm referencing? Yes, sir. And how did you compare those, or how did the analysis go when compared with item uh, 33, states item 88? Uh, yes, sir. Um, when I compared those, those items, that was items 2 through 7, 35 through 37, 39, 108, 111 through 120, and 122 through 124 and 128 with each other and when I compare those with those test specimens that um, I fired through item 33 the results of those comparisons were inconclusive um, again that means I was unable to determine if they had been fired by item 33 or they had been fired by another firearm or firearms with similar characteristics. Fernandez then moves on to a series of unfired cartridges which Paul Greer was able to link to the defendant's 300 blackout rifle. Uh, still on item 33, states, item, states exhibit 88, the recovered 300 blackout rifle. Were you able to compare the ejection and extraction marks of various 300 blackout rounds recovered and casings recovered? Yes, sir. And what was, your, what was your findings concerning some of those items? And please list the items and we will go back and identify states exhibits in a minute. Yes, sir. Um, in looking at the mechanism marks on items 111, 114 through 115, 118 through 119, 123, and 128, I was able to determine that those items um, had all been loaded into, extracted, and ejected from the item 3 rifle, excuse me, the item 33 rifle at some previous time. Defense Attorney Jim Griffin again rises to reassert his prior objection. Mr. Greer, I'm going to ask you, Your Honor. I'm going to read my objection to the next uh, opinion that he's about to offer based on our prior rulings, just for the record. Sir, at least not. Prior arguments and understanding the court's rule. Yes, sir. Prosecutor Fernandez hands the witness several small plastic bags. Mr. Greer, I'm going to real quick reference on your chart, on your list, items marked uh, sled items 2 through 7, 35, 36, and 37, and sled item 39. And that would be states exhibits 63 through 68. We'll just please verify that I've handed you states exhibits 63 through 68 and, and identify if they correlate to items 2 through 7 on your chart. Uh, yes, sir. Uh, these states exhibit 63 through 68 are sled items 2 through 7. And then I'm going to show you what's been marked as States Exhibit 250, which correlates to slide items 35 through 39. Please verify that for me. Prosecutor Fernandez next hands Mr. Greer a plastic bag containing multiple items of evidence. Yes, sir. This is States Exhibit 260, um, which is a container that is to contain slide items 35 through 39. Slide items 2 through 7, States Exhibit 63 through 68. After review of the crime scene, where were those, where were those located? Um, after reviewing the crime scene diagram, it's my understanding that those uh, cartridge cases um, were at marker numbers that were uh, near or around um, the body of Margaret Murdoch. And those would be 300 blackout rounds, is that right? That's correct. That, they're 300 blackout caliber. They were spent casings? Yes, sir. Those are uh, fire cartridge cases. And states uh, exhibit 260, items 35 to 39, what are those again? Um, those were um, all fired 300 blackout caliber cartridge cases, um, head stamped with the SMB logo with the 
and 300 blackout caliber. And where were those items recovered? Um, listed on our submission documents. Um, those were from the ground at side entrance store. Have you physically been there to the Mazelle property? Uh, yes, sir, I have. Are you familiar with this, the ground at the side entrance door? Yes, sir, I believe so. Is that the side entrance that leads into the pool table and the gun room? Based on my understanding of, of the scene, yes, sir, um, I believe that is where those were collected from near that door that goes into that room. We have 300 blackout round casings from collected from around Maggie's body, and we have 300 casings collected from the house. Is that correct? That's correct. And do we have no? Do you have any notes? Did you take any contemporaneous notes on the condition of items, your items, 35 to 39, those collected at the side of the house? Um, yes, sir. I do believe so. Um, I'm going to reference my my case file here to confirm. Would referencing your file help you refresh your memory on that matter? Yes, sir, it would. During my examination, when I looked at items 35 through 39, which were those were recovered um, near that door area, um, I did note that um, they were tarnished and weathered um, in my case file. Mr. Greer, tell us what you found concerning those items. Um, based on my examination, um, it was determined that um, items 2 through 7, um, 35 through 37, and 39 um, had matching mechanism marks and it was concluded that those items had been loaded into, extracted, and ejected from the same firearm at some previous time. Bystander stand to correct them. The items collected right by Maggie had been extracted, to, loaded into, extracted to, and ejected by the same firearm that were identified that items were picked up by the side of the house. Yes, sir, that is correct. Additional items were collected as well, and did you have an opportunity to analyze those? Uh, yes, sir, I did. And identify the slide item numbers, and then we'll identify the, the uh, State's exhibit numbers. Those were slid items number 108, 113, 116, 117, and 122. Candon, you have been marked as State's Exhibit 261, which includes uh, various uh, items. And what are they again? Uh, yes, sir. This is a container that contains uh, multiple 300 blackout caliber cartridge cases and um, fired 12 gauge shot shells. And in that in that collective bin include 300 blackout rounds uh, of the items you just listed? Yes, sir, that's correct. All right, tell us what your findings were for those items. Uh, where, where were these collected? Based on the submission documentation, those were collected um, from areas such as from to the left of a shooting chair near field, um, from a right corner near field, um, from in front of a shooter's chair, under a table. For those items, have you had an opportunity to review some uh, body-worn camera footage and evidence and, and kind of identify what that actually meant? Oh, yes, sir. What, what, and generally, when it says left leg and right leg and near the front or back, what is it talking about? Um, it, it appears that there's some type of a shooting area um, that those were collected from. What were your findings concerning those items? Um, it was determined that those items, and to include items 108, 113, 116, 117, and 122, also had those same matching mechanism marks to conclude that they had been loaded into, extracted, and ejected from the same firearm as those at the crime scene around Margaret Murdoch's body and those uh, several recovered from the home. So the items collected around Maggie, Margaret Murdoch's body matched the items collected outside the house, which matched items that were collected in the field at the shooting range. Uh, yes, sir. I was able to identify that the cartridge cases uh, recovered items two through seven near the, uh, the body um, did have matching mechanism marks with several of the items from the area around the home and those in the shooting field and several of those in the shooting field to conclude that those have been loaded into, extracted, and ejected from the same firearm at some previous time.
To briefly recap, SLED Firearms expert Paul Greer has now testified that spent cartridges discovered at multiple locations on the Murdoch property were fired by the same weapon, the defendant's 300 blackout rifle, that fired the spent cartridges that were discovered around Maggie Murdoch's body. Prosecutor Fernandez references a fired bullet as the next evidence item. So I'm going to reference slide item 8. That would be State's Exhibit 250. What is that item again? Remind us, please. Um, slide item 8 was one fired bullet um, determined to be 300 blackout caliber listed as near tire impression at marker 8. Recovered from the scene? Uh, yes, sir, at marker 8. Is that a fired projectile? Yes, sir, that is a fired bullet. Is that, how much does that bullet weigh? Um, according to um, my notes, when I weighed that projectile, um, it weighed approximately 147.4 grains. Fernandez next shows the witness a box of ammunition which contains unfired bullets that appear to match the fired bullet discovered at the crime scene. Handing you what's marked as Exhibit 213. Remind us again what that is. Stakes Exhibit 213 appears to be an ammunition box um, marked cellular and below and 300 blackout caliber. What are the grains indicated on that box? On the side of this box it has information about the um, the projectile and it says 147 grains on the side. Is item is, is state's exhibit up on Elmo? Is that consistent with that 147 grain projectile? Uh, yes, sir. Um, that bullet appears to be intact. Um, and based on my examination and looking at these fired bullets as a part of a, an examination, I would say that would be consistent with uh, having being 147 grains. Fernandez moves on to another bullet recovered from the crime scene. You have an opportunity to inspect sled item 12. Yes, sir, I did. Tell us your results of that. Sled item 12 was one fired bullet, uh, determined to also be 300, most consistent with being 300 blackout caliber, um, and it was listed as from bedding inside doghouse. And did you have an opportunity to weigh that projectile? Yes, sir, I did. And what was the results of that? Um, when I weighed that projectile, it was approximately 146.8 grains. Is that the 147 grain? Unfired ammunition? Yes, sir. I would say that would be consistent with 147 grains. After conferring with Prosecutor Creighton Waters for a moment, Fernandez hands Mr. Greer one final series of evidence bags containing unspent shotgun shell casings. Agent Greer, lastly, I'm going to show you what's been marked as state and entered as evidence as states exhibit 143, 144, 148, and 150. Could you please remove those collectively and let me know if you are familiar with the make and manufacture of those items. Um, states exhibit 143 is a 12-gauge federal shot shell. It says federal premium double lock buck 3-inch magnum on the shell, on the side of the shell. States exhibit 144 is also a 12-gauge federal shot shell. Um, on the side of it, it says federal premium double lock buck, 3-inch magnum. States exhibit 148 is also a 12-gauge federal shot shell. On the side of it, it says federal premium double lock buck, 3-inch magnum. And states exhibit 150 is also a 12-gauge federal shot shell um, with the same information of federal premium double lock buck, 3-inch magnum. Are all of those four exhibits that you just reviewed of the same manufacturer and same make and model? Yes, sir. They appear to um, have the same information and uh, also in their case, excuse me, in their construction as well. If I use one for demonstrative purposes, all the rest are the same? Uh, yes, sir. They appear to be all consistent. Prosecutor Fernandez then displays a number of spent shotgun shell casings on the monitor. Showing you what you just identified, this would be States 143. 
Is this the item you just looked at, Mr. Greer? Yes, sir. Showing you what's been marked as State's Exhibit 34. Remind me again which item that is. Sled item 9. State's Exhibit 34 was sled item 9. That's correct. What's the make and model of that? Sled item 9, State's Exhibit 34, was a fired 12-gauge shot shell um, with the federal premium double-lock buck 3-inch magnum, red in color. Showing you what's been marked as State's Exhibit 399. Yeah, and where's, where's item 9 from? Item 9 is listed as from marker 9. And again, based on my understanding of the crime scene uh, document, that was near or around the, the speed room. And marked as State's Exhibit 399, sled item 22.7. Where is that item from? Um, sled item 22.7, um, State's Exhibit 399, was the unfired 12-gauge shot shell that was originally submitted as item 22 with the camouflage Benelli shotgun. Prosecutor Fernandez then retrieves the camouflage shotgun from an evidence box and hands it to Mr. Greer. State's item four, and you've already reviewed this. Exhibit four for the state, 22 for you. Is that the same shotgun that you're referring to? Yes, sir, this is my item 22 shotgun. Camouflage Benelli Super Black Eagle three. Is that right? Yes, sir, that's correct. And all those items are of the same model and manufacturer, is that correct? Uh, yes, sir. They all appear to have the same uh, head stamp information and information on the side of the shell, and their case construction all appears to be consistent. Fernandez once again hands Mr. Greer a number of small evidence bags that contain unspent shotgun shells. So let me collectively hand you what's been marked as its exhibits 144, its exhibits 140. 5, 146, 147, and 149 collectively. Please take them out individually, review them. Let me know if you recall what they are. Make and, model, make and manufacture is what I'm interested in. Stakes Exhibit 145. Um, it's head stamp Winchester 12 gauge with dry lock 3 inch and a 2 on the shell. Stakes Exhibit 146. It's head stamp Winchester 12 gauge. On the shell it says dry lock. 3-inch number 2. Sticks Exhibit 147 is head stamp Winchester 12-gauge on the shell dry lock 3-inch number 2. And Sticks Exhibit 149 head stamp Winchester 12-gauge on the shell dry lock 3-inch number 2. Does it care where those items were recovered? Based on the packaging. What is the packaging? Where does the packaging indicate those items were recovered? The packaging for State's Exhibit 145 um, says from a state box on bookshelf in gun room. State's Exhibit 146 says from Kent box on bookshelf and gun room. State's Exhibit 147 says from nightstand in Paul's room. And State's Exhibit 149 says from a state box on bookshelf and gun room. Prosecutor David Fernandez hands the witness one last item of evidence contained in a small plastic bag. It is a spent shotgun shell casing that looks similar to the unspent shells that the witness just identified. And hand you what's been marked and identified as State's Exhibit 33, sled item 10. Where was that located? Um, sled item 10, um, again, was a fired 12-gauge shot shell, um, head stamp Winchester 12-gauge on the side, dry lock 3-inch number 2. And that was located at marker 10, um, which, again, based on my understanding, was uh, near that feed room. To clarify, this was a spent shotgun shell discovered near Paul Murdoch's body. Identify, please, the make and manufacturer of that item. Yes, sir. It was a uh, headstamp Winchester uh, 12 gauge, and on the shell it says dry lock 3 inch 2. Consistent with the make and manufacturer of all the other items you just reviewed? Yes, sir, it is. Those are all the items you just reviewed? 
Mr. Greer? Yes, sir. All right. No further questions from the state. We'll take a few minutes break, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Do, do not discuss the case. And with the state concluding its direct examination of the witness and Judge Clifton Newman calling for a break, we bring to a close this episode of Jury Duty, the trial of Alex Murdoch. Please join us on our next installment as we review the defense's cross-examination of firearms expert Paul Greer. Also, check out the Crime Story podcast, Night Raid, wherever you get your podcasts. And if you would like to listen to these episodes early and ad-free, head over to our Jury Duty Crime Story Patreon page. You can find more information about this trial on our Jury Duty Crime Story Patreon page or at crimestory.com. Jury Duty is created and produced by Carrie and Tholis. It was co-produced, written, and edited by yours truly, Chris Terracone. Music for this episode was provided by Strike Audio. Trial audio is courtesy of Law & Crime Networks. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you will come back for the next episode of Jury Duty.